Hello everyone and welcome back to the Just Interesting People podcast. My name is Rosie and I'm here with my co-host and husband Jeremy as usual and today we are joined by Cindy Mikita. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi there, how's it going? <laughs> so Jeremy's going to pass over and talk, introduce her properly but thank you for being here and we really hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, thank you Cindy for being with us today. Um, so just a quick background. Uh, Cindy and Rosie met, I think it was in 2018. Um, it's uh, just after we moved to Miami, Rosie was trying to build up her photography portfolio and everything. So she was looking for people to photograph and she got in touch with you through Instagram, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, so you could do a photo shoot together. And yeah, that's how... Um, that's how you met and I think you, you, you actually did a couple of photo shoots, not yeah. just one. Uh, yeah, you did the first one on the beach and you did the badass one on the rooftop, <laughs> yeah. the pink one. Like, yes. You know, pretty cool. <laughs> <Boss> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how uh, we met you. And um, yeah, we just wanted to know you a little bit more. Uh, you do a lot of things, <laughs> not just modeling. Uh, you're from South Africa. Uh, and now you live in Miami. Um, so yeah, we're just going to go through uh, how you ended up in Miami, what you're doing right now, and where you're going to be later, you know? <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds um, good. So we, we're just going to start with the basics. So you're born in South Africa, right? You want to tell us a little bit about that? Correct. So I was born and raised in South Africa, but my parents are from Congo. So originally we're Congolese from the Democratic Republic of Congo. My parents moved to South Africa. Um, they were kind of after college my parents are doctors so they moved from congo to south africa and that's where myself and my sister were born and uh, so i was born and raised in south africa but with a very traditional congolese um, heritage and yeah so from south africa i stayed there until i was 19 and that's when i, I moved to the us and kind of my moving to the us was to pursue a degree so um, i chose miami because my sister and uh, she lived in Miami at that time. So she had also uh, moved from South Africa to Miami. We had visited the United States um, quite a few times before. So I kind of got a feel for different places. Uh, but of course, Miami kind of caught my eye. <laughs> and I mean, the weather is, is, is always perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of the obvious, you know, the obvious reason why, right? The choice. Um, but yeah, so my prompting moving from South Africa to the US was, was for school. Okay. Um... How was it growing, growing up in, in South Africa? Uh, I've got to admit that I don't, I mean, like every single person in the world, I know Nelson Mandela, I know the <laughs> rugby because I'm a rugby, big rugby fan. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> but how, how was it to, to grow up in South Africa? I, I think I had a very, very rich childhood, um, rich culturally, um, rich with experiences. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did grow up in a very diverse area and neighborhood. Um, the school I went to was very diverse. So my parents really prioritized education. So for them, um, you know, putting us in, in good schools was, was their priority. And so I did get a very rich experience growing up in South Africa. Um, but I also did get the opportunity to kind of travel abroad for, for various um, activities that I participated in, whether it was for academics or for sports. Um, so I did get an opportunity to travel outside of South Africa quite a bit. But growing up in South Africa, I feel like I had a very, very rich childhood and upbringing. Um, of course, you know, it, it's my, 
I consider Miami my new home because um, this is where I got married. But it, it was my it was my home, you know. Like yeah. that South Africa is really all I knew. Um, my parents grew up in Congo, and I still have so much family, like so huge, huge, huge family in in Congo still. Um, but I don't necessarily resonate with that being my home. Um, I know that that's where I'm from. That's where my roots are from, and I'm so proud to be Congolese. But when I talk about being, you know, where's my home? It's it's South Africa. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Did your parents growing up um, show you and introduce you to a lot of Congo culture in terms of like, I don't know, food and fashion and just anything that's kind of more Congolese rather than South African? 100%, so for sure. So yes, I was born and raised in South Africa, but growing up, the way I was brought up, it was very traditional, very Congolese. Um, and so South Africa does have a lot of um, immigrants from, from various other places in, um, in Africa. And so there were other, obviously other Congolese people. Um, my, my parents had a lot of Congolese friends as well. So I grew up around a lot of Congolese people. Um, so they were very good about making sure that we knew where we came from um, and, and continuing that culture and the tradition um, that they grew up with, but just in a different place. Right. And um, so just in terms of time frame, when, when did you move to the US? What year was the US in 2014. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I mean, how how was it to grow up in in, in South Africa? Because if you moved in twenty nineteen, um, yeah, I'm just yeah twenty fourteen. Yes, I'm just uh, trying <laughs> to count the years. Um, I mean, because obviously, like in the nineties with Nelson Mandela and the head of the apartheid and everything in South Africa. Do, do you remember that, or you're too young? So I was nineteen ninety four is when. Um, Nelson Mandela first got elected yeah. as president um, and when South Africa first became a democracy. And so, yes, growing up, I did face racism. Um, it was kind of, I guess when you're a child, you don't necessarily know what it is. You don't really necessarily mm. put a, um, a classification yeah. or a name to it, mm. right? But there were various instances as I started to grow up and realize really what that meant. And my parents are really good also about like making us know like what is the reality of the world that we live in, right? Um, and so, yes, I did experience racism growing up, but my mm. focus was always on, on other things. My focus was always on achievements. I was, I'm always very achievement focused um, and results driven. So it's for me, my focus had always been like my achievements, my education, whether all my sports or activities and things like that. And so although there were those barriers in the way um, towards me getting to where I wanted to be, whether it was academically or, um, you know, even like extracurriculars, for me, the focus was always, how do I overcome those barriers to get to where I want to be? So I won't sugarcoat it and say it was like, yes, I had an amazing upbringing. I had an amazing childhood. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I had amazing friends. But there was still always that underlying um, underlying problem, right? That is mm. still there till today. Yeah. 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 And when did the desire to move to another country, and then you picked the US, but when, when yeah. this desire to go somewhere else... Uh, Mm. So kind of as I mentioned, my parents, we traveled quite a bit. So we had been to the US, we had been to, to Europe um, in the past kind of growing up. And South Africa is amazing and it's really great. But we always kind of had our eyes set on, like I said, education for my parents was really, really big. Mm. So for my parents, it was where can they send us to school where we'll, we'd get the absolute best education. Mm. And for us, the US was, was that place. Um, okay. So my parents grew up in Congo, right? And they grew up very poor. But 
for them, education was how they got out of their situation, how they got out of poverty, how they got out of um, that generational um, poverty, in a sense, right? And so they kind of carried that along them and brought it to us as well. Like education is the way that you get places. So education was always our focus. And um, my parents always wanted to send us to um, the place where we could get the best education. And like I said, for that, for us, the U.S. was, was yeah. that place. And because we had traveled to the U.S. before, um, we kind of saw it as, as that ideal place for us to get the education that we wanted um, to kind of reach those goals. Yeah. It's amazing that they've been able to send both of you because there is one thing that they want to do it but there's also that you can actually do it because <laughs> in a sense every parent wants the best education for the children but the fact that they managed to do it for you and your sister that, actually two amazing. sisters I have, I have two older sisters, two sisters so right, for the yeah. three of us yeah yeah that's that's amazing it's yeah. a beautiful achievement for <laughs> sure and it came with a lot of that. sacrifices of course mm. like a lot of sacrifices yeah. um and that's why i think that's also stems to my motivation why i want to achieve so much is like mm. so that i can give my parents back like even half of what they gave me and my sisters yeah. and my family yeah. you know because they sacrificed a lot to send us um to send us to school here in the u.s and like I graduated debt free, like I don't have debt that I'm paying wow. off till now, you know what I mean? So that sacrifice that they had to make, I really feel like I, I want to be able to pay that back to them. Not, not necessarily in a monetary sense, yeah, right? Yeah, but but yeah. Um, just that sense of, wow, if they could do that for me, like I want to be able to do something for them as well. Yeah, makes them proud and yeah. <laughs> I guess it's also as well to kind of make them you know, realise it was all worth it. You're not just getting all these opportunities and then wasting it and not doing anything with your life. Like you've had the wonderful education and the chance to come here and you're like yes I'm actually going to kill it and do really well so that's awesome um so which university did you go to I went to Florida International University correct FIU and what did you study I studied international business and finance okay that was for a specific reason did you have a uh what's the word I'm looking for were you attracted by business for like a while or so interesting I I never really had like a set thing that I wanted to do. I was always really smart in school. And so, because my parents are doctors, they always kind of like, you know, you should become a doctor. You do really well. And that was kind of everybody's like go-to, right? Like in, in African family, you either become an engineer, you become a doctor, you become a lawyer. It's like the classic. That's <laughs> the international, classic right? I feel like everywhere you go, you hear the same things about that. It's so funny. <laughs> so um, those were like the, I guess the golden um, careers. Um, but none of that really interested me, like none of it interested me. So when I first applied to FIU, I applied doing economics. Um, so I got in like, as an econ major. I took a few classes. I did well in them, but I didn't enjoy them. So when I first heard about international business, um, I did my research into it and it kind of like attracted me a little bit more than economics. And when I actually started to take the classes, because they were so um, international, international and globally focused, that really interested me. So I've always kind of been interested in kind of global, um, the global aspect to things, um, international development, things of that nature. And so international business really caught my eye, um, but it, w it wasn't like I, I knew I wanted to do that. I kind of mm -hmm. discovered it as I was taking yeah, more classes and things like that. Exactly. Hmm. And did you find a job straight out of college or did it take you a little while? How was that process? Yeah, so I got a job straight out of college. I want to say two weeks out, I got my job offer. Um, so it was, I won't say, I won't say it was an easy process because I worked hard to that point. You know what I mean? I was intentional about um, making sure that I had something lined up. 
you know, when I went, once I graduated, but I know for many people, it's, it's really hard to get a, a role right out of college. Yeah. Um, so although for me, it did come like two weeks out, I, I got a job offer. Um, it was because of a lot of preparation that I put in beforehand to make sure that I had something lined up when I did graduate. So I did internships, I did a lot of um, networking on campus and things like that. Um, so I think that that really set me up to, to have that offer. And then how long were you at that job? Because I know that now you're self-employed and we'll get into that in a second. But how long were you with that company for? Um, a year, exactly, exactly one year. Okay. And then you took the leap into entrepreneurship. Yes. And so I haven't looked back that. ever since. Yeah, good. So how did that come about? How did the idea start? How did you get going? How were your first clients? Tell us everything about that. Yeah, so um, interesting. I... So the, what I was working in after college, the, um, the role that I got hired for was in um, asset management and wealth management. So it was very finance focused. Um, we worked with ultra high net worth individuals, which is people that have a net worth of upwards of $100 million. Um, so it was very, very big portfolios that we were working on. Um, and it was a small company. It was literally my boss and I and an office manager. So three people, mm. very small. Um, and I enjoyed, I, I did enjoy the work that I do, but the passion wasn't there. So I, I enjoyed it because it was challenging and it was new. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, things that I hadn't worked on before. I, I love challenges. Yeah. So in that part of it, like I enjoyed the work that I did. But after the challenge came and I started to get used to the work that I was doing, it, it wasn't fulfilling anymore because there wasn't that challenge. I had learned, I felt like I'd learned everything mm-hmm. um, at a certain point And I wanted like that next step. Um, so I started to get a little frustrated in my role. Um, I continued to, I did well in it, but at a certain point it was just wasn't fulfilling anymore. There wasn't that aspect of a challenge anymore. Um, and so I want to say maybe eight months into, no, maybe six months into my role. Um, I had started, I'm really, really passionate about people. I'll put that as kind of like the, the leeway. I'm really passionate about people and my friends and people that I knew would ask me how I landed a job so quickly out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would give them advice. I would help my friends and people that I knew with their resumes and things like that. And they were actually making progress. Some of them were landing jobs. So I was like, huh, like my advice, I think that I'm giving them is actually helping. So I started a blog. Um, it was called The Career Guide. And I started writing about like career topics. How do you land a job out of college and kind of everything related to careers, resumes, LinkedIn profiles, things of that nature. How do you find what you're passionate about? Things like that. Um, and people started to read it. I got people messaging me and things like that. And they were taking my advice and it was really helping them. And there were some people that I was, I want to say mentoring or coaching outside of my day-to-day job. Um, and I was doing it for free. I was just really passionate about it. Yeah. And like I said, I was seeing people actually get results. And I was always really fulfilled when I was doing it. Like I loved getting on a phone with somebody, talking about a potential interview, practicing questions. Um, reviewing their resume, giving them advice. Like, I, I loved it. Um, and so when I got, I, so I, was, I was doing that on the side, right? Kind of outside of my, my day job. Yeah. And um, during that time is when I met Tim, and he, my, my husband now. Um, during that time we met and I was telling him kind of about what I was doing with the career guide. And he's an entrepreneur. So he was like, you should build a course. You should build a course. He's like thinking of like the monetary side to it, right? He's like, build a course. You can sell it online. You don't have to do much. Once it's built, we'll market it and you can sell it. So I was like, okay, cool. I'd never thought about it. Like 
entrepreneurship was not even on my mind. For me, it was like, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder. Mm. I'm going to become a manager. I'm going to become a leader. Um, and then maybe one day I'll start my own company. I didn't know what that looked like at the time. Mm. Right. So I, my, I'd always have my eye on um, getting to a certain level within like corporate. Mm. So when he brought that to me, it was like, okay, this is interesting. I'd never thought about this before. Mm. And so I built the course kind of put the knowledge that I had and the things that I was teaching people into my want to say maybe a seven or eight module course. And then um, I kind of forgot about it. So I built it, we put it up online. I kind of forgot about it. Um, I think work had gotten hectic. So my full focus was on like getting my work done. And then it was one day I was just really frustrated in my role. I was like, I want more. Like I want that next level in my career. I hadn't even been a year yet. Um, but I was still like, okay, what is that next step? Like, how do I get more challenged? I was always taking on more projects, but taking on more projects wasn't the way for me to get more fulfilled, right? Yeah. That was just yeah. kind of <laughs> giving myself more work, increasing the workload, yeah. but the fulfillment wasn't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that day that I was like so frustrated, um, Tim, my husband, sent me a message and he's like, hey, you sold a course. Uh. I was like, what? I sold a course? <laughs> I was like, no way. Like, how? What? So for me, that was like the clearest day sign, like, okay, you have to put your focus to that. Because even just that happening, I was like, oh my goodness, if I could help that one person, like how many other people could I help, right? And I guess that was, that was like the golden light, that that mm. moment that I was like, oh my gosh, like I can actually do this on my own. Like I can. That was a little push you needed to. It was, too. <laughs> exactly. It was exactly what I needed that specific day when I was yeah. so frustrated wanting more. I feel like that was just a sign from God, like, okay, go, go take the step, take a leap. Mm. Um, and so it was just, it was just the perfect timing. And then I reached the kind of the one year mark. I want to say it was one or two months later. Um, my boss and I had a conversation. I told her about like the opportunity to start my own business in career coaching. Um, and she was very supportive. She's my mentor till today. I mean, she started mm. a huge organization, like a, a company that deals with ultra high net worth individuals. So I take a lot of advice from her. She's a boss. She's a boss. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> She's amazing. So we ended on a, on a good note. And yeah, I, I, I took the leap and now full-time entrepreneur. And I absolutely love what I do 100%. That's amazing. It's great that she was supportive on this way. She didn't try to, I don't know, yeah, like make you change your mind or whatever. That's yeah, she's very important. supportive. And I, and I think what? like burning bridges is, it's not a good thing to burn bridges. Yeah. yeah. And... <laughs> And uh, what did your parents say when you took this sleep? He was my boyfriend at the time. No, no he was your pa- my... Sorry, your, pa- your parents. He was, oh, my parents. They say my boyfriend. Yeah. My parents. Oh, okay. That's, that's a good question. So <laughs> at first they were like, are you sure? Because I mean, <laughs> it was, I had a really good job. I had a really, really good job. Um, so for them, like, they were like, are you sure? You should probably just like stay in the job, see if you can do it part time. I mean, they had their doubts for sure. It's not like a common thing for somebody to start their own business, especially at my age. Um, it's like you, you work your way up and then one day you can start it when you have more knowledge and experience. Um, but I feel like there's no better time than the present. And when you feel like that nudge to take a leap, um, you either jump and you succeed or you jump and you learn, right? So either way, you're going to be good. Uh, so yeah. I personally like really felt it strongly, like this is the direction I need to take. Um, and although they had their questions at first, they were, they were supportive. They were definitely okay. supportive. Cool. Yeah, I understand. It's a bit scary, like 
my little girl living very far away I... <laughs> yeah like are you sure keep you your have a good net, job you know, like, exactly. then, yeah. <laughs> keep that keep that safety uh-huh, what yeah. I'm saying. keep the safety keep the comfort um but I, i've always been comfortable with being uncomfortable that's just that's just my nature yeah <laughs> it's so nice as well that you had that one sale that then pushed you into doing it like i know that because i'm kind of self-employed as well when you get somebody who pays you for your work and really appreciates what you're doing it makes you think oh my god people actually enjoy what I'm putting out there or really they'll spend their hard-earned money with me and it's such a like a powerful but also like moving and kind of emotional thing to go through and be like oh my god someone actually likes what I'm doing yeah for sure it's it's validating right and it's Although, like we say, we don't need necessarily, you don't need external validation. But I mean, like you said, somebody giving you their hard-earned money, that's, that's validation in itself. And it's, it's awesome. It is. So as part of the Hired Institute, you're doing YouTube as well. Are you still doing that? Because I know you dabbled. Are you still full-time? Well, you do YouTube at the same time? Um, so yeah, I do YouTube. It's, and it's really just for the sake of um, putting content, free content out there for people to learn something. Um, and then that then brings them to my website or anything like yeah. that, right? So my focus is not necessarily to be a YouTuber. My purpose is to put out content that's going to help people, you know, videos that's going to help them along their career journey. And then if they need extra help, like it actually leads them to my to my funnel or to my to my website. And so yeah. I've gotten you know clients through YouTube, which is awesome. And people yeah. that would not have necessarily found me um, found me through YouTube. So I think it's a great platform. It's not necessarily my focus. I focus a lot on Instagram and LinkedIn, um, and that's where most of my clients come from. But I have seen um, some clients come through YouTube as well. And YouTube is one of those platforms that once you put it up there, I mean, people can watch yeah, yeah. it like a year and two years later, and we can still bring them back to that same place and, and be relevant. That's kind of what I like about the platform, which is awesome. Hmm. And the best thing about social media as well, you can get clients from all over the world. It's not necessarily people who live directly in Miami within like a five mile radius. You can get people from the other side of the world and still have online conversations with them and reach loads of different people. So it's amazing that you've kind of diversified and got three different social medias that you focus on. And that kind of gets you clients from everywhere. Yes, yes, 100%, exactly. And it's kind of, I've tried to see where the focus is in terms of like, where do I put my time and my energy and my focus, right? On which social media platforms? Because I feel like if you spread yourself too thin sometimes, it's like, okay, you're trying to be everywhere all the time and you're not getting it, you know, you're not benefiting from either one. So it took some trial and error, right? Trying like, I've tried Facebook. Facebook just didn't work for me unless I was running ads. Um, Instagram was a place that was very organic where I could build relationships with the, like my followers and things like that. So I can add that personal aspect to it as well. Um, and LinkedIn is kind of very professional, but LinkedIn is where I actually get more of my leads. Because well, yeah. um, people are actually, there's a lot of job seekers. It's a very kind of professional platform. Yeah. Um, and if you just know how to optimize your profile for keywords, people find you. So mm. um, LinkedIn's kind of been that place where I've gotten most of my leads, followed by Instagram and then YouTube. Mm. You are also, and we'll see how you can, we can bring all that together, but you are also really involved uh, into empowering women. Um, you you've been doing some talk, etc. Uh, do you want to tell us what you do, why you are doing it, uh, what's what's your goal and your vision about that? Yes, um, that's a great question. So I want to say that my love for empowering women and girls started in South Africa. Um, So South Africa does have a big problem with regards to um, violence against women, inequality, 
um, and things like that. And so there is a really big disparity between men and women. Um, and that's, it's, it's popular in, in African cultures in general. Um, but growing up, I, I did see that. I saw the disparities between men and women. I saw um, how men would be treated one day, one way and women treated another. I saw violence against women. I mean, these are the things that I experienced growing up. And so when I was, I want to say 15 or 16 years old, I entered a pageant and it was um, called You Miss Teen. So it was like the Miss Teen of this really, really big magazine in South Africa called You Magazine. And I entered and like the goal was if I can um, win this pageant, it'll give me the platform that I need to empower women and girls and specifically like young girls. Um, I'd always been a goal setter and a big dreamer since I was little. And I was like, if I can dream big, like I can encourage other girls to do the same, that you don't have to be limited by your circumstances or by your environment, that you can actually really dream big and achieve great things. So I entered the pageant and I won and it gave me the platform. Yes. So my platform was really focused on empowering orphan girls. And so kind of through that platform, I was able to go into different orphanages that were you know specifically for for girls in south africa wow. inspire them motivate them give talks build relationships with them encourage them that they didn't have to like i said be limited by their circumstances hear what their goals and visions for their life were i mean it was really very very motivating and empowering even for me to see that right and to be able to make that impact so that's where it started um and then i continued to i i did my second pageant that was kind of a bigger one. It was Miss Teen Johannesburg. Johannesburg is the city where I'm from. I won that. It was another platform wow. and ability for me to continue to empower and inspire women and girls. Um, so really, that's where it stemmed from. But at the core of it, it's the environment that I got brought up in, seeing the disparities between men and women, um, and seeing that women could achieve just as much as men could. You know, that girls could dream big um, and achieve amazing things. So that's where kind of that passion stemmed from. And um, when I moved here to the US, I found an organization called UN Women, and it's the United Nations Women, it's a global organization. So I, I was leading that organization at my university at FIU, and we did some amazing things as well. And what's nice about that is that it was global women empowerment. So we were um, focused on not only educating people on these issues that women face on a global scale, anyway from um, a lack of education to not having the right to vote. I mean, there's countries around the world that women don't have rights, you know? So we were educating um, other students on what these global women's issues were. Um, but when we do fundraisers as well, they would go towards the initiatives that UN Women was doing on the ground in like very underprivileged or um, in areas where women didn't have rights. So it was very, very tangible, which was awesome. So I kind of continued my work with women empowerment through UN Women. Um, and I've been a part of various organizations, the United Nations Association, Social Impact Movement, I'm really focused on global women empowerment. And I recently, this year, this May, started my own women's group. And it's really focused on helping women set that bigger vision and big goals for their life, but then also putting together tangible action steps to get there. Um, I feel like far too often we're limited by our circumstance, we're limited by society, by our environments. Um, and I think even like we ourselves are our biggest hindrances, right? Like we said, we think we can't achieve something because of a certain thing or because I don't have the knowledge or because I don't have the experience mm -hmm. um, where I believe that if you set that big vision for your life and you have something that you, you want to work towards, you set that goal and you actually plan the steps to get there, that you can achieve anything. And so with this group that I have and that I lead, um, we're really focused on helping women 
um, achieve their career goals and you know achieve success and whatever success means for their lives um, but with support and community and so it's growing which is awesome and it's kind of my my baby it's my way to give back to to women um, around the world and it's like I said it's growing but I continue to kind of work on women empowerment um, but in a way that I know um, I have expertise in which is in goal setting in, in career yeah. in career success and things like that do you know what blows my mind is that at 15 years old that was that crossed your mind I I when I was I mean, 15 years old, like, just, <laughs> I don't know, like, like, you're a kid, like a teenager, and, and to have this vision already, like, to, I'm going to help all the girls, that, that's, I'm like, amazing, it's so inspiring, so Thank crazy, you. that, <laughs> like, you had, you're mature already enough to, to say, like, I'm going to give back, I don't know, like, usually when you're a kid, it's like, just give me things, I don't want to give back, I don't care, like, <laughs> that's, that's, that amazes me, um, I've got a question, uh, and that might be something I'm, I'm just, maybe just a misconception I have, uh, but I find it super interesting that you decided to go to a beauty pageant in order to uh, reach an audience that you would have not be able to, to reach. Uh, I And again, that might be a big misconception I have, but I feel like beauty. I see beauty pageant I, as we something really you know uh well look oriented and 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 in in the um what's the name like i mean it's yeah i feel it's like all about the look and not about what you want to achieve um is and and maybe it's different in some countries but more like the the woman object mm -hmm. like kind yeah. of things um, yeah like objectifying women yeah yeah uh i it, it, I don't know. It, it's not the thing that crossed my mind. Like I didn't see the link at the beginning between a beauty pageant and I'm gonna do that to empower women. Uh, it's so interesting that you you went this way. Can you explain that? Yeah. So the Humus Teen pageant, the first one that I had entered, it actually wasn't a beauty pageant. So their focus was to kind of um, because it was obviously for teens. It was for teen girls under the age of 18. Um, their focus wasn't beauty in okay. that pageant. So their focus was. Um, there was kind of a, a lot of different focus, but they wanted to kind of change the stigma, right, of having, it wasn't called the beauty pageant, it was called a pageant. Um, so it wasn't, the focus wasn't on beauty. We didn't do like a big show or a runway. We yeah. didn't have anything like that. Um, we had to get our community to vote for us, right? So we had to have a cause that we wanted to focus on. We had to get our community to vote for who they wanted to kind of be in like the top 10. And then we had um, kind of the editors of the magazine who actually ran the pageant ask us questions so we had like a very in-depth interview they wanted to know like why we wanted that platform so it was very 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 much focused on impact okay. and changing that stigma of right beauty um in in that way so the focus wasn't like necessarily external um but it was it was more of what what do you have to offer what is it that you want to bring to the community um and it was impact focused more than anything Okay, all right. Yeah, I don't know. In my head, I associate... I thought a pageant was automatically a beauty pageant. That's why. I think the thing is, because <laughs> when you watch films, it's kind of like Miss Congeniality yeah. or whatever else, it's kind of like, okay, now I'm going to do the swimsuit thing <laughs> and now I'm going to do the nice dress thing and just stand and wave. And That's they always have like mind, stupid yeah. comments. They're like, what do you want for the world? <laughs> like, well, peace. And it's like kind of bimbo, blonde, idiot kind of that's kind of what we see as europeans about pageants well beauty pageants specifically so i guess it's kind of interesting to hear your point of view of like yeah. it's actually a lot more than that because i know you did the miss africa 
yes miss african roots Mm -hmm. and that was different as well that wasn't particularly focused on beauty i know that you're talking a lot about women's and children's rights in africa as well yes exactly so for me I, i have nothing against beauty pageants i think um it's a matter of preference and i think it's also very empowering as well i mean seeing women get up on that stage it's and you know putting yourself to be criticized by the world and a lot of a lot of the women in these beauty pageants also have a bigger cause right they have a bigger vision they have people that they want to inspire it's not just about the looks i think that's what the stigma is kind of like you all yeah. mentioned right oh, yeah, that's yeah. the stigma um but the women that enter these pageants i know that there's so much more than that right that's that's more than the beauty like they actually have causes that they want to um to be able to bring to light they have things that they want to accomplish and goals um and so to your question yes the miss african roots pageant was also not not necessarily a beauty pageant but we had to have a cause that we wanted to back um number one we were representing a country um so obviously i was representing congo and we also had to have a cause like you mentioned what is that cause that you want to bring to light that you want to educate people about that if you win um you're actually going to go to that country and and continue your initiative that's going to be ongoing um so that for me is what attracted me to the pageant right like having the ability to have a cause to have a platform for that cause yeah. and to be able to have an initiative that would be ongoing for that specific cause and of, like of course I chose you know women empowerment and um yes I I won and it was it was awesome it was an amazing experience but for me it's always been about impact how yeah. can I make an impact how can I I always think about like a I think about a river I, I'm like obsessed with the water I think that's why I love um being in Miami I'm obsessed with water and whenever I see the water whenever like I, I go out either in Brickell or in Miami Beach I see the ocean I see a river whatever it is I always think about like if I had to drop a stone like that ripple effect that you can have right mm-hmm. um and I see my life in that way that if I can be that stone that gets dropped and if I can have an impact on the kind of the people around me the people in my sphere of influence that they can continue to impact others and that that ripple will go on and on And so whenever like in, in whatever I'm doing I'm focused on on impact how can I impact the next person that they can go impact the next person right So it's interesting so right now you have on one side you have your business uh career coaching and on the other side uh you created a few months ago uh this women empowerment group uh I I can see them coming together I mean that seems to be <laughs> uh In your business do you only focus on women or do you work with anyone? I work with anybody and okay, everyone. Okay, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cuz I, I I can feel that you could bring both of them together in 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 a way you're bringing your expertise and your knowledge and and to both maybe just in a different way I guess. Uh but you could quickly put all that together. Yeah, uh, so, so with the with the women in, with the women's group it's called Career Den. So it's like a den is like a haven, um a place where women can come and learn the tools, the resources, get the guidance they need to excel in their career and lives. Um and so we have monthly coaching. So the same way that I would kind of coach a client to getting their ideal job, I'm coaching these women on how to reach their career goals. So there is a lot of synergies for sure. Um I think the only thing that's a little bit different is that it has the the group. So um there's an accountability group. These women are building relationships with each other. whereas um like with my one-on-one coaching it's more just me and that person right mm-hmm. so there is for sure um overlap in terms of knowledge and expertise it's the same thing that I'm bringing across both both sides um but yeah just as you mentioned it's there's a lot of synergy for sure yeah i guess yeah one you're building a community when the other one is 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 a one-to-one business only and and no strings attached in a sense <laughs> 
yeah. So what's the big dream, the big goal, the big ambition? What are you pointing towards and going towards? I'm expecting something big from you. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the big goal, um, and I'll just mention really quick that like, finding a partner that dreams as big as me was like mind blowing to me. And I mean, like to my mm. partner, he, when we first met, he has goals that are like even bigger than mine. And I was like, I thought I, I dreamed big. Like I thought I had like big <laughs> ambitions and stuff, but he's helped me like take it to another level. Um, and so him and I want to build an empire. We want to build something huge that is going to impact millions of people on a global scale. Um, and it has a lot to like, I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship. Really passionate about entrepreneurs too, like seeing people um, build something for themselves that they're really, really passionate about that helps other people. I mean, that I think that is really amazing, and and it takes a certain kind of person to be an entrepreneur because it's not easy. There's a lot of hurdles and, and things that you go through. Um, and Tim's really passionate about entrepreneurship as well, so um, we want to be able to help other entrepreneurs. I want to be able to um, continue to empower women on that global scale. I'm always thinking bigger than just like, like I said, just my sphere. Um, yeah. Global empowerment has always been on my mind since I was a child. And so um, I don't know exactly what that looks like, right? There's, mm -hmm. of course I have like my revenue goals and I have like fitness goals and personal goals. <laughs> um, but the really big, big vision is, is to have an empire to really impact millions of people around the world. Mm. Wow. <laughs> do, you, do you wanna, do you, uh, I'm, I'm gonna jump on what you just said. Do you wanna tell us it is super important, right, to have support, especially when you go on on the entrepreneurship journey. Like, it is hard. People make it like this beautiful thing. It can be beautiful, but it's also a pain. Like, you don't count hours. It's hard. Uh, so having someone to support you is crucial. Um, and having some finding someone that supports you, but also pushes you and... and 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 it's even more ambition than you are. How important is that? Oh my gosh, it's so important. And just on that entrepreneurship, yeah, I think people think entrepreneurship is like you can you know, have your laptop and work from anywhere, and, you yeah. know, like make money <laughs> while you sleep. I mean, it, you can be all of that, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So I think you have to have a partner that understands that lifestyle. Um, but I think even more than anything, you have to be aligned in terms of where you're going, right? So your vision the vision that you have for your life and the vision that that partner has for their life, it has to be in alignment. Um, so otherwise one person's going to be going one way and another person's going to be another, going another way. And it's just room for, for conflict. Right. And so if you find somebody that's number one, yes, supportive of your goals and dreams um, that understands the kind of lifestyle that you want and that they want, um, but that you're working together towards a common vision or common goal. I think that's super, super important because regardless of what, like circumstances come, I mean, like we had COVID, like right after the wedding, global pandemic came. And um, I feel like if Tim and I weren't aligned in what we wanted out of life, it would have been so easy for us to get disconnected, right? And I mean, we just, we've been married for just a few months, right? And, and, and been hit with like a global pandemic. So when you're, when you're aligned with somebody in terms of where you're going and you're going, you have that bigger vision together, um, and make sure that you're in alignment and, and not in just like in disagreement and you can work towards something. It's so much easier to work, to, uh, work through challenges and situations and circumstances when you're going towards the same place, right? You know what that bigger vision is um, and it's not just focused on, on the short term. 
So having somebody to support you throughout that and you know that you're working towards something together, um, it's amazing. It's, it's really, really amazing. I think having, having a partner that can like, support you and that you can work with, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to work together, but you know, that they, they support you in what you're doing. Um, it's like 10 times better than doing it by yourself, right? You have that support, you have that person that just gets it. Um, it's amazing, it really is. It is so nice that you guys found each other and oh my God, those wedding pictures. <laughs> you looked absolutely stunning. You both did the whole venue, the flowers, the dress, that just, oh, the whole thing was beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. How is married life? Oh, married <laughs> life is amazing. It is, it is. Like I said, um, I think just being in like a global pandemic together, I feel like it accelerated our relationship. Like yeah, I was going to say, that's like, a... <laughs> like the pinnacle, right? It's a real right? test right at the get-go. I'm telling you, we had like a real test exactly right from the start. And I feel like we're so close now. And I feel like it would have taken us years to get to this point. But yeah. it's like accelerated in such a short time that we're like closer than ever. You know, like I think just going through what we went through this year, um, it just accelerated our relationship. And like I said, it's amazing because we know this, this vision that we're working towards and it keeps us, keeps us motivated, it keeps us together. Yeah. And it's so nice that it brought you together because I know there's lots of different couples that are struggling with it or like having kids at home and it, it's been really hard, hard for a lot of people. Yeah. But it's also been really great for a lot of people and it sounds bad saying that, but it is great that it brought you guys together and got you closer and like you said, moved you forward a couple of years that would have taken you probably a little bit longer, so that's amazing. Yeah, I feel it can either tear you apart or just create like a stronger bond 100 percent 100 i've got one last question for you this is something new that we started in the previous episode <laughs> um <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to remember it now every time <laughs> so if you could have a facetime or a chat at a dinner table or whatever if you could have a conversation with someone that you think is super interesting, like a person that fascinates you, uh, dead or alive, who would you pick? That is a good question. So uh, there's, there's two that comes to mind. The last person we asked had two as well, so you can have two. Okay, I'm going to have to say like, we'll I did it too. I, I have two, two that come to mind. Um, the first is Jesus. Um, I'm very, very... Um, faith oriented I'm you know it's my faith is really also what keeps me motivated um mm -hmm. I would love to have a conversation with Jesus <laughs> and ask him I mean I would ask him a bunch of questions but that is that is number one he's just my relationship with God and and what I've um the journey that I've been on in my walk of faith um and the things that I've I've been through and that I feel like it's just it's just through Christ it's through Jesus that I've been able to go through the things that I've been through um, and being able to come out the other side. So I, I definitely, it would be Jesus, number one. Number two, the second person that comes to mind is Michelle Obama, simply because yeah. I, I look up to her very, very much. I see, um, I don't know if you've, if you've read Becoming and, and watched the, the documentary that she has on, no, on Netflix. It's, on but <laughs> it's really amazing. I mean, the way she's been able to balance and juggle so many things um, and that vision also that she has for like, a better world, a better society is, is also fascinating to me. Mm. Um, I was watching the movie and I see how she, just the way she presents herself, like the little habits and the routines that she has that set her up for success. I'm always like, I'm very, very interested in like habits and um, the things that people do that set them up for success. Yeah. 
So I would ask her a bunch, a bunch of questions about, about that for sure. Have you been listening to her podcast? I have not. I have not. No, it's really good. Oh, okay, she's, I'll write this on my She list. started like a month ago. Uh, it's uh, only on Spotify. She signed like a deal with Spotify. Um, it's really interesting because she's supernatural. Uh, like the first episode is with Barack Obama. Uh, the other one is just a bunch of like her best friend. Uh, so it's really like just personal. Like down to earth. Yeah, yeah. And, and they just talk about life. Like, like I don't know, how having a birthday party when you're at the White House. Yeah. You know? And like, you have like a bunch of security people like coming with you. Or when you have to make the snack for, for the basketball team. And, and so it's super relatable for everybody yeah, else. Yeah, no but, <laughs> no, but it's really funny. Like also, like she's so normal. She's just a normal person. Uh, and and yeah, it's yeah. I, I really enjoy it. I listen to it like every week. It's awesome. I'll put <laughs> it on really my list for sure. It. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Cindy, for being part of this podcast. It's been really nice to get to know you a little bit more and dive into your history and everything you're doing now is incredible. So keep going with the women empowerment, keep going with your business. I cannot wait to see what you and Tim end up doing in five or 10 years time. I think you guys are like a power couple to keep our eyes on. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Wish you guys the best with your podcast as well. Thank you. Where can we find you on social media? Sure. So Instagram, Cindy Makita, um, same on Twitter and LinkedIn. It's Cindy Makita Dodd on LinkedIn. Um, you can also shoot me an email, cindy at hiredinstitute.com for any career coaching or career related um, inquiries. And for your uh, empowerment women group, what's the best way to get in touch? Sure. Them? So the website is www.careerden.io. So it's C-A-R-E-E-R-D-E-N.io. I'll link everything. Yeah, we'll link everything in the show notes. But thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for everybody for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure you share it with somebody else. Make sure you leave a review if you enjoyed it. And we'll be back next Wednesday, as usual, with a brand new episode. So we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Thank you, guys. Bye.